the sex and lifestyle podcast that you didn't know you needed. This is the Swinging Soulmates podcast with your host, Mondo and Sativa. Please relax, unwind, and come play with us and our guest co-host as we candidly share our personal experiences and erotic escapades in the lifestyle. Motivated by passion and purpose, our goal is to create a community that allows themselves to be educated and entertained through the tales of the swinging soulmates. Mondo and Sativa are not medical professionals, yet we are a happily married couple of 19 years and in the LLS for 10. We have a deep, unwavering commitment to our marriage and to holding a space in normalizing and redefining the concept of relationships and monogamy. The Swinging Soulmate strives to be a resource and inspiration to others. So subscribe, put a reoccurring play date on your calendar, and come along with us as we journey deep into our minds as Swinging Soulmates. Hello, 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 everybody, and your, you know, sexy selves out there. I hope that you guys have had a beautiful week. Of course, as always, I hope that you guys have had some really, you know, see, feelings of you know, just being amorous and just can't keep your hands off yourself and, and your partner. And it's me. I'm here. You know, it's your girl, Lady Sativa, with my awesome Birthday boy, sexy husband, Lord Mondo. How's everybody doing? So I won't embarrass him by singing happy birthday. Thank you. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah, I may just break out in song though, since you said that. And I might edit it out. I may. He won't. He won't. He says that. He says that. Um, But yes, you guys, I hope that you are having a beautiful spring awakening uh period like i said this is going to be right until summer it's it's spring awakening which involves you know we we do our spring cleaning some of us because you know that's why i have children um and some of us really take this time to prepare for what is probably our most active time of the year which is you know during summer um and those of you that are you know self-reflective and accountable type of people you may be taking stock of what you're happy about in your life or what needs to be maybe brushed up upon or, you know, um, need some, need some <laughs> reflection itself. And a lot of times I think coming out of the winter, um, you know, some people, their sex lives, they, they're not what they want them to be. And, you know, you get into spring and people start wearing shorts and skirts and, you know, like me, I'm a sundress, no panties, and flip flop girl. Um, and me too. <laughs> you look so cute. You guys should see us. We have masking ones. No. Um, and people really start. You know that the the human uh, hormones, I guess I'll say, the reproductive systems really start juicing up there, and people start to realize, like, okay, my normal hookup, not so much, or I want a new hookup, or I want to try this this summer. You know, there's the whole hot girl summer. It was a hot boy summer last year. I think I'm going to go ahead and tag something just spicy and sexy and self-love and self-discovery and 
you know, salaciousness. Just we'll go with all the S's. I'll come up with more as we get closer to summer. But I want everybody to go into their next phase of this year. And like I said, this is probably the time when people are most active and looking for their partners. I want you to go into a prepared. I want you to go into it armed with some information um, or, you know, some insight on yourself that you didn't have before. So this week, we are bringing you some more awesome, awesome help and resource and resources, I'll say, to reach exactly that goal. So on my long-winded little, um, you know, intro here, this week's guest is Heather Shannon, who is a certified sex therapist. Oh, a meditation guide. Oh, we're definitely going to talk about that. And health coach. Um, a little bit about her, you know, so everybody get, get your pins ready, get your, you know, your, your <laughs> buttons on record. Um, Heather is a, like I said, a sex coach. What is a sex coach? We're going to find out in just one moment here. But sex coach, you know, it, they can help you. And actually, let me go back here. Let me go back because I did make Cubby pull up a, a definition here. Sex therapy is a form. Move it. I can't find it. Sorry. There you go. Thank you. Sex therapy is a form of counseling intended to help individuals and couples resolve sexual difficulties, such as performance anxiety or relationship problems. Clients generally meet in the therapist's office. Some choose to attend sessions alone. Others bring their partners with them. I know when this, you know, this whole big boom of telehealth care and, you know, and tele-counseling, um, I'm sure that's also an option now as well. Um, where did you, you just got this definition from good old Auntie Google? Always. All right. So that was <laughs> Auntie Google's definition of it. Heather is definitely going to bring that into and give us uh, some more details and what she does. But can you go down a little bit? Thank you. All righty. Uh, so I love that um, Heather describes herself as having great energy. Um, so far for like the past 25 minutes before we started, we've had great conversation. So I can definitely attest to the ability of um, and the talent that she has in being a great conversationalist. Um, now, she can help sex and gender diverse clients transform their relationship with their sexuality and achieve deeper intimacy in their relationships through a holistic mind, body, spirit approach, which is so important. Heather is a licensed clinical professional counselor, certified sex therapist, sex therapist, excuse me, internal family system therapist, a meditation guide, and health coach. Now, let me go ahead and preface this another way. Hubby and I have been celebrating his birthday since Wednesday. Allegedly. And we also celebrated last night. So if all of a sudden you're like, words are hard for her, just keep that in mind. All right, so getting back to our awesome guest co-host here, I have, you know, done a little bit of an introduction, but now it is your turn to just turn the spotlight on you and chop it up. Just speak your, <laughs> speak about yourself like you are the, the goddess and, you know, the uh, expert that you are. <laughs> so, thank you, thank you. Hold the applause. <laughs> See, once again, words mean um, Words mean things. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And 
Yeah, for me, you know, sex therapy is about getting people to where they want to be. Something's maybe not working in their relationship. Um, I do coaching now uh, rather than therapy. Part of the reason for that is because I'm not big on, you know, slapping people with diagnoses Mm -hmm. or, you know, being part of the the medical model Mm -hmm. necessarily. So, and I think sex and relationships really lends itself well to that. Not not to get too into insurance, but um, a lot of that stuff's not covered anyways. Unfortunately, yes. thank you, uh, Reagan. <laughs> right. but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I love that you mentioned that and that you provided that, you know, the, how you're different, because I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. we, we know, I mean, there's definitely a, a larger push now for people to get the therapy and that, you know, the health that they need um, through, you know, through therapists and through traditional psychology and, you know, and um, marriage and family therapy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I always just suggest you find what works best for you. You know, yes. don't be um, bogged down by the labels or, you know, what, um, especially in communities of, of uh, ethnic communities, uh, you know, I'll, you know, I'm, I don't mince words. So black communities, especially um, therapy. What are you crazy? Pray about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, that's not always the response because not everybody is the same. And not everybody needs the same type of uh, treatment or guidance. Mm-hmm. So what, um, what exactly is the difference between coaching yeah. and therapy? Yeah, so that's a great question. Basically, therapy is part of the medical model. You're treating a diagnosis and it's supposed to be considered like medically necessary mm-hmm. for someone to be functioning normally. Um, coaching is more like you're already doing fine and you're just kind of working towards some goals, you that's know? Right. So if it's like, Hey, like, you know, we're, I get a lot of couples that come to me and they're kind of like, you know, we get along well, we've just kind of lost the spark, Mm -hmm. you know, um, or I'll get people individually who, you know, maybe are out of a long-term relationship or out of a marriage and really just want to kind of explore their sexuality in a new level. And they're kind of, especially women are kind of like, how do I do that safely? How do I communicate my boundaries? Mm -hmm. Like where, where do I go for things? So um, yeah, I probably work with about half and half individuals and couples and uh, a pretty wide variety of, of issues. So I love that you fun. say that we had a guest who shared her story and um, sh- her husband went to a therapist when they were having issues and the therapist said, you're a sex addict. And he was like, mm. I'm not a sex addict. I just know what I prefer. Like I want sex at least three times a day. And so I, I love that you say that too. It's more of like, let's set goals to help you to get to, you know, the quality of life that you see right. for yourself. Um, or right. maybe you don't even know what that is, but let's help you decipher all of that instead of just pigeonholing somebody and stereotyping them with a label. Um, exactly. And I appreciate you sharing that one because I do hear these sort of horror stories where therapists who maybe aren't trained in sexuality and, and a lot of therapists who aren't trained in it are just naturally wonderful, but you do hear those stories where therapists are projecting their own Mm -hmm. issues Mm -hmm. with sex onto the client. And, you know, someone who wants sex three times a day might be a sex addict, but that's another controversial term. And then they might also just be someone who like really enjoys sex, right? It doesn't have to be a pathology. And so you, in that example, like you would be able to work with the, you know, the partners individually and then probably together. I'm sorry, I have to, my microphone slipping and together to mm-hmm. help both parties understand what, you know, that sex addict quotes unquote, you know, what they're going through or what their needs are and 
yep. you know, for let's just say it's a husband. Let's say we'll use a situation and for the wife, you know, allow her to because as women, we really um we'll put the blame on ourselves. You know, we will have mm-hmm. a lot of negative self-talk about it's us, it's the age, it's you know, whatever else. And especially yeah. if it takes place, I think after menopause and the change, you know, if you're mm-hmm. empty nesters and your life completely changes, we will have a lot of negative self-talk and put the blame on us. Um, yeah, I think you're right on that. Yeah. I, I see that. I see that a lot. And not that men won't also do that, but, you know, it does seem like women, you know, get a lot of validation from being attractive uh-huh. and being valued for beauty and, you know, feeling like we, you know, if we're turning someone on, yeah. then, you know, then we're good. And if he's not turned on or if he's not orgasming or whatever, um, then that must mean something's wrong with mm-hmm, her, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, no, let's, let's back it up. So part, a big part of what I do is help people unlearn all those yes. stories that, you know, really are not serving. Yeah. Yeah. So this actually leads me to, I had all these, no, these questions numbered, like we're going to go here, but this just leads me right yeah. into this. <laughs> what would you say is the biggest negative and positive um, influence on society's sexual uh, perspective or, you know, we'll, let's say a certain um, age group. So let's say 20 to 45 or 25 to 45, um, Mm -hmm. kind of a large segment, but I think that's pretty much around the time that people are developing their sexual, um, you know, personality or perspective, experimenting, um, getting married, going through changes, and then maybe having to uh, you know, pivot on what they've been doing for years prior. So um, what would you say would be the the most uh, or the, yeah, the biggest positive influence and negative mm-hmm. influence? That's such an interesting question. I like it. Um, I would say there's maybe a couple on the negative side, I would say, and, and this depends. So I do want to specify, mm-hmm. it depends on the person, mm-hmm. depends on other things too, how they're influenced. But a lot of times I see religion as being oh, yeah. a negative mm-hmm. one. If, if people are like dogmatic yeah, about yeah. it um, and depending how much people internalize some of the messages, mm-hmm. but you know, like I was brought up Catholic mm-hmm. and you know, the message is like, don't have sex till you're mm-hmm. married and like, don't masturbate mm-hmm. and don't, you know, get, get divorced and don't like, there's a lot of like, no, yes. you know, yes. like this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And so people, a lot of times internalize that. And especially if you're, if you're coming from a more conservative or, um, you know, I guess, I don't know how I would describe it, but like kind of extra religious. Yeah, no, I, I'm um, right there. I, my grandfather yeah, was a, so like, a bishop and a minister. Um, okay. So yeah. you totally get it. Oh then. yeah. So, yeah. So I think the more people internalize that, you know, and then they kind of come to me being like, I shouldn't have this desire. I shouldn't have this thought. Mm-hmm. So there's all this kind of shame and stigma associated with it. Um, and so, you know, I try to help work with people and especially if people still feel like they want faith to be part of their life, how do we find that balance and, and integrate it in a way that you can be a person of faith and still be a sexual mm-hmm, person? Mm-hmm. Um, so that and even even if people have left the faith or switched faith, it's like still the message is there where they feel kind of stuck in that shame and stigma. So that's a big one. I would also add um, sex ed or la- oh, lack thereof. Yeah. Uh, in schools um, because um, when I you know when I think of my experience it was like it's again it's all fear-mongering that's exactly what it was you know I mean I can yeah. tell you I, I had I think it was sixth grade eighth grade and then again um first year of high school and mm-hmm. it was 
let's tell you, tell you about your hygiene. Um, let's tell you how things work. You know, those horrible freaking movies. I was like, why are you showing me a black and white film? You know, with like the the cast of leave it to beaver in it. Like I just, (laughs) you know, and this is myself, but this is 90 to like 92, you know, we are hearing two life crew on the radio and, you know, and I was definitely singing 12 play by our kid, you know, and just, we talk about it now and I'm like, whoa, we think that the music is bad now, but I mean, me so horny on the radio and, you know, I don't know if you guys remember one and one, we're having some fun in the bedroom. Oh, I do. Oh, come on, come on. Like, yes, do me, you know, although I love me some Joey, you know, Joey McIntyre and I was definitely an NSYNC, I mean, a new kids on the blocker. I definitely listened and, you know, knocking the boots. You know, uh, somebody, it, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I can go on and on and on, but. You're right. You're right. We act horrified by the music now, but like, was it really? Right? Like, <laughs> oh my God. Um, oh my good <laughs> Lord. I mean, I remember my friends loving salt and pepper. If I want to take a guy home with me tonight, yeah. it's none of your business. And we were, we just had fun in high school. We'll say that. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, it, um, it definitely plays into, you know, your environment, your, that nature versus nurture. And it definitely causes problems because I think that when it's, when you've been raised religious, like you, you kind of have this template for your life. You find somebody and, you know, probably you can have had like 30 sexual partners by that time. But on that wedding day, your parents are sitting there convincing themselves that, you know, that night you're just going to be the first time. And it's like, come on now. Um, (laughs) But then you have children, you get, you know, you get the house, you do, you know, you do that normal American dream type of lifestyle. But 10 years in, you know, when the kids are older and you can really start focusing on being a couple again, all of those problems arise because right. who you are at 25 is not who you are at 35. And I, so I think that's a great point. And that was going to be my answer mm-hmm. for what's the good influence is I think just time and experience. Yeah. 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 So what do you think? It's often. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. See, I have so many. I think it's there. often like. <laughs> it's okay. I think it's like in middle age, then we've had enough experiences and we're like, wait a second. I don't know if this, spe- you know, the sex that I got or the, you know, Sunday school messages that I got were really mm. accurate or helpful. Yeah. And like, I think people come to me when they start realizing that and they're kind of like, whoa, like, you know, what do I actually want to do with my sex life? What actually feels authentic and genuine and healthy for me? Because it's not what I was taught. Mm -hmm. So let's say good old Joe Biden or, you know, the director of of education for the government comes to you or for federal and they go, we want you to write Mm -hmm. a sex ed program. Oh my God, please. If any of them are listening. Give me a call. Oh my God. I can look. <laughs> and if they're listening, please get a notepad out because I could tell you so many other things that they need to do as well. But um, right. so what would you say is the first age that you think there should be sex ed and like what that should include? The second oh, grade. So and then like finally, um, because once you get into college, you can choose to take all the sex classes you want to. But that's true. Yeah. You know, in the first 12 years of school, what would um yeah. what would be your program? That's so interesting. I mean, I'm just going to toss some stuff out there that I I think we can start even before kids are in school. I think even the ideas of like consent and like wanted and unwanted touch mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, communicating around that can be taught um, and affection and, you know, 
all of those things. I remember when I was four, I would like chase this boy around the classroom and try and kiss him. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, how do you tell your story about how you lost your teeth the first time? What? Uh, why you make it sound like that? So when I was in preschool or kindergarten, um, so when I was younger, I, I didn't believe in the word girlfriend and it started at a very young age. So when I was in preschool or kindergarten, I happened to have two female friends and uh, they had this like a tube, like, uh, you know, if you do like an obstacles course, or something like that, and like the military, they got to crawl through a big tube or whatnot. Mm-hmm. They had one of those mm-hmm. except for us to play in and um i got caught or i was seen inside of the tube kissing another girl and the other girl threw a kickball at me and hit me in my two front teeth and knocked those out started early so i like his verbiage i like how he's very carefully choosing his words 35 years later (laughs) as if these girls are listening and they're like oh i knew he knew he was doing um but I, I like that you said the affection side. My children have, and you know, have seen consistently dad slap me on my butt or us kiss mm. or, you know, mm-hmm. especially now that they're older, they knew that last night was date night. So, you know, and they come and ask, how was your date night? And I think that that is something that I'm very proud of as parents because we, mm-hmm. we allowed them to see what it's like to be in a loving relationship. And then that'll hopefully, you know, trickle down to them. Um, you know, I, I don't want them to, you know, get uh, in a relationship too early. You know, I want them to, I don't know, right. say sold their wild oats, but I want them to have the experience, like we were just saying, the life experience. Yeah. Um, but I think it's very important. I love that you say even before school age, because yes. I think that'll play into how kind children are to each other if they understand. Mm-hmm affection is another way of showing somebody like respect and that you care about them and it's okay to express love and it doesn't have to be to your family you know to your blood yeah. like, you know so i think that's awesome see biden listen look <laughs> <laughs> listen up um but yeah and then i think as kids go on you know understanding their body parts mm-hmm. you know i know when i was Growing up, it was kind of like, I don't think I even knew the word vagina. Like, I don't even know how old I yeah. was when I learned that. Like, at least 10, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think understanding, like, these, you know, words and that it's okay. And, you know, I get I get women that I work with now of all ages who are uncomfortable with their genitals, you know, and who feel like, you know, it's dirty or it's bad. And I, I think that, um, you know, men maybe have a different relationship with their genitals. Not that there aren't any issues there. Sometimes they're like, oh, is it big enough? You know, that's mm-hmm, the kind mm-hmm, of main issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, How many men then, name their penis? We don't know too many women that are like, <laughs> me and Delilah got into, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's, it's really not like that. But so many men are like, yeah, me and, yes. you know, me and uh, Tom or, you know, me and Mandingo right. or whatever. I they hope they're not them. naming it Tom. Right. Hey. Yeah. And I think, you know, even bringing awareness to trans and non-binary people and like, what do they want to call their genitals? Like what feels good for yeah. them, you know? So, so I think there's so much we can do with that at a fairly young age where it's like, what if kids actually felt connected to their whole body and that it was all okay. And there was no parts that like, Ooh, we're not supposed to talk about those. Those are bad. Parts. That's super important because kids mm-hmm. are going into puberty much, 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 much earlier. Um, well, that's a really good point. I mean, too. my son's probably going to hate this when he listens to this one day, but, my our 14 year old he got old pubes 
in kindergarten. Whoa. Four. Four. No, I'm like four. Like I told my husband, when are you going to have the, when are you going to, we're going to get him a manscape or what? Because now that he's 14, I'm like, okay. This is the type of mom I yeah. am. I'm like, not that I want to yeah. think about my son, you know, getting bossed up, but gosh, when that time comes, I don't want some girl to be like, good Lord, I can't find it. What's all this hair down here? Um, <laughs> but It balances out. Like, no one worries about that. I, I will say this as well. I mean, this might be kind of weird, but you can't help as a mom to look and, you know, he, I look and I'm like, oh, babe, he is stepping right in line with you like that. Woo. All right. He's going to make some girls happy. Um, oh my God. And my husband just shakes his head and I go, What? That's look, I made that boy. Okay. I wiped his little stinky butt. I could say whatever the heck I want. Right. Um, right. But that's another good, you know, another good example of why helping them to understand their bodies and what's mm-hmm. going on is super important. You know, right. my son got in trouble in like second grade because some kids were talking about where they had hair already. Um, oh, and he goes, Well, I have lots of hair around my pee pee. And okay. not knowing any better, you know, he's just, just, no. it. and right. you know, the principal got involved and we were like, look, he's freaking seven. Like he did not mean it at all, but, but like, why is that even a punishable offense? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like looking at like what, what is wrong with talking about your bodies? Like if you talked about his elbow having a hair on it, is he going to get drunk? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the point that we made too. And I said, you know, if we, right. we, when we make it negative, that's when kids experiment right. and go to look for the answers, on, you know, themselves. Right. Um, right. And they do it more in the shadows and right without having the healthy conversations. And, you know, I think it's great for you to be kind of an example of a parent who's like, you know, I want my kids to have a healthy sex life instead of like, oh, I can't think about it. I can't look at it. Like, that's yeah. terrible. Like, we're just gonna, we're just gonna leave them to their own devices. You know, I mean, we all say we don't want them to learn from their friends. I definitely remember shit that I learned from my friends. I used to think doggy style was anal. For the longest time, um, right? I, I was good. Sixteen it years it old. It really is a good Let's sixteen go years old. Um, yeah. It, well, yeah. Um, but that's also mm-hmm. because it was don't have sex. You know, it was never right. Right. There's no one. There's no one to ask. that's like a safe adult. Yeah. So I think I think that's a huge part of it too. And then another piece I would add is like pleasure. Yeah. You know, where's where's pleasure mentioned in sex education? Nowhere. No, no. Where's the where's the clitoris mentioned? Please. Nowhere. I mean, they want to <laughs> show you STDs and scare the shit out of you, and then throw exactly. some, you know, colored neon rubbers at you. Like, what? That's a good thing. First of all, you're not even teaching the right, you know, prophylactics use. Like, you should not right. be giving the freaking glow in the dark, different color condoms. I mean, they gave us a <sighs> lunch bag full. And wow. yeah, they were from Planned Parenthood, but still like that. Okay. Better than nothing. Better than yeah, nothing. It's true. But let's yeah. be, especially now, kids have so much access to, you know, they can go ahead and order something freaking Amazon and, you know, right. end up with sheepskin or something that is so, that's so old. That's a really good but, point. Like there's a lot of options. Like that should absolutely be part of sex ed too. Like what are the options? What are the pros and cons of each one? Yeah. It shouldn't be taught mm-hmm. only when you go to your first gynecologist appointment you know, for, for females. And I mean, when is it really talked about with males? You know, like, I don't don't think I learned anything at a gynecology appointment either, to be honest. Yeah. My, the reason why my, you're kind of like, all right, looks okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, my friend was like, okay, you know, you're having sex, right? Like you got to go to the gyne, you know? And I was like, oh my God, I can't, Mm -hmm. but they're going to tell. And they're like, they cannot, they're not allowed to. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, shit, let's go. 
And that's a good friend because my friend who had been several times, um, you know, she felt like the, you know, the expert. So when we were in there, she was saying some things and not everything was incorrect, but it wasn't the best, you know? So the gynecologist was like, okay, look, let's go ahead and just have a little session here. You're a great friend because you're trying to keep your friend on top of things and, you know, making sure that she's healthy, but, you know, and then had to just back back on some of the things, reverse on some of the things that she said. So I think that's why my first gynecologist appointment was so in- informative because he was like, oh, if I send this girl out of here believing that anal is doggy style, then we got problems. We so, were kind of even yeah. talking about that on our last episode with the likes. Oh, oh no, the yeah, the husband and wife. Yes, yeah. um, but you had asked uh, me and the husband if guys talk to each other, and like that's just always been weird to me. That girls will sit there and huddle up about their sex life, and guys really just they'll lie about it, but they don't talk about it and like actually want input or anything like that. Like when my best friend and I that's get together, we t- you know I tell my husband like, oh, we had a book. Like we used to sit down every six months, eight months, a year, and be like. Let's write them all down. And so when I say names now, he goes, how in the hell do you remember the number 12 person? And I was like, because I was a teenage girl. You know, he's like, I barely (laughs) remember the girl's name for my first time. Like, all I knew was I. No, I don't remember her name. Yes. There you go. Oh, poor girl. Um, (laughs) You were memorable. I know she was light skinned. But wasn't she like pregnant like the next year? I don't know. She might have been pregnant before that. I don't mm, know. Super. She came from, uh, okay. of course, she came from a broken home. So she needed lots of sex ed, in other words. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. But yeah, so like I said, I can talk and get different topics. So yes. So the uh, the third, um, of course, would probably be in, like in high school when, you know, the activity is uh, set to start. Um, so mm-hmm. would you definitely, I mean, I think, you know, high school would, and I think every grade, not just once, you know, for I half a semester. Yeah, like we're kind of in denial and we, the education system, you know, from what I've learned about it is designed to produce like factory workers who follow instructions. Uh-huh. And, and like farmers. once we're an adult, yeah. right? And it's like, what's actually helpful as an adult? Knowing about your body, that's a pretty big one. Yeah, giving real life skills. Yeah. I say that all the time. Our education yeah. system is so antiquated and it needs to... Oh. You know, it needs to focus on not everybody's going to go to a four year school. There are people that right. want to be mechanics or want to be chefs or whatever. So let's yep. prepare them to be prepared, you know, to go into that next aspect of life, which is right. the same thing with, you know, with sex ed. I know that my idea as a freshman was much different as, than a senior. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. We kind of are dealing with a, a teacher trying to. Mm, yeah. not necessarily teach but uh inflict their opinion on our boys and or our boy our oldest mm. and uh as a teacher as well i always try to more teach facts and and let right. the people you know the students make their decision about whatever the case may be um and it, it just feels like right now that isn't the case everyone wants to give their opinion about something instead of being more open-minded to not everybody's the same and people like different things and don't judge type old models that we used to go by. Thank you for joining us on Soulmates and Swingers. We hope that you enjoyed yourself just as much as we did. Please don't miss our next play date. 
It just wouldn't be the same without you. Until next time, be passionate. Be in the moment. Be bold. Be loving. Be the best version of you. Love and light. Hey, this is Mondo. Thanks for joining us this week on Soulmates and Swingers. If you have any questions or any topics that you want us to cover, you can reach us at 12-I-N-N-S-A-T-I-V-A at gmail.com and also on Twitter at 12-I-N-N-S-A-T-I-V-A. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, comment, hit all the buttons you can except for the delete button, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us on Soulmates and Swingers. We hope that you enjoyed yourself just as much as we did. Please don't miss our next play date. It just wouldn't be the same without you. Until next time, be passionate. Be in the moment. Be bold. Be loving. Be the best version of you. Love and light. Hey, this is Mondo. Thanks for joining us this week on Soulmates and Swingers. If you have any questions or any topics that you want us to cover, you can reach us at 12-I-N-N-S-A-T-I-V-A at gmail.com and also on Twitter at 12-I-N-N-S-A-T-I-V-A. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, comment, hit all the buttons you can except for the delete button, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.